Prep Talk. I'm your host, Rachel Finn, and this week we're preparing you to schmooze the music industry. We are about to kick off the Austin City Limits Festival here in Austin, Texas, which is, of course, two weekends of bands such as Florence and the Machine, Drake, and Sturgill Simpson, all amazing bands. We're really excited to have them. So there will be lots of music fans, their bands, and the entourage coming to town in the next couple days. And should you be going to any parties that involve these kind of folks, this episode will get you started. Of course, on this podcast, we give you three different stories that you can kind of toss out within a conversation, get things flowing, um, just have some something to talk about with people. So instead of, you know, the general, like, where are you from? Who do you know here? That's sort of like mundane small talk that nobody likes. These are stories that you can whip out to be interesting and, you know, get some sort of conversation and rapport going. All right, story number one. The first party topic this week, we're going to keep it here in town. The psychology department at the University of Texas at Austin conducted a study to see what your musical taste really reveals about your personality. Researchers interviewed 3,500 people to find an answer, and this is what they discovered. To make it more fun, let's take a quick test. Between you and me, I'm going to read off four groupings of music. Pick the letter of the grouping of music that you gravitate towards the most. You don't have to like every genre of music listed in each grouping. You're simply selecting the one that you play on your iPod or Spotify the most. All right? Okay, here we go. Choice A, blues, classical, folk, or jazz. Choice B, rock, heavy metal, alternative, C, country music, pop, religious, or soundtrack. And finally, choice D, electronic, hip-hop, rap, or soul. Okay, to recap, of course, you've got A, blues, classical, folk, or jazz, B, rock, heavy metal, alternative, C, country, pop, religious, and soundtrack, and D, electronic, hip-hop, rap, or soul. All right, so hopefully you've made a choice, you've picked your letter, and here we go. So, according to their study, if you chose option A, of, of course, your blues, classical, folk, or jazz, which is categorized as, quote, reflective and complex, quote, you typically see yourself as unathletic, intelligent, and liberal. You also tend to be very inventive, and you are welcoming to new experiences. These folks tend to do well on IQ tests and exams. If you chose B, rock, heavy metal, or alternative, music typified as, quote, intense and rebellious, these fans usually see themselves as athletic. They tend to be pretty curious about life in general, love taking risks, and consider themselves pretty smart. Now, if you chose country, pop, religious, or soundtracks, which is option C, you are probably extroverted and agreeable. You see yourself as attractive, wealthy, athletic, and politically conservative. The cool thing is that these people are least likely to suffer from depression, but 
unfortunately score the lowest on IQ tests and exams. This type of music is considered upbeat and conventional. All right, so for the, our last option, which of course is option D, or electronic hip-hop, rap, or soul, these fans tend to view themselves as agreeable, extroverted, and attractive as well. They also tend to be athletic and have a decent IQ level. They aren't, however, politically conservative or wealthy, so these folks have a tendency to blurt out their thoughts and feelings, so they have no filter for these fans. The study concluded that knowing someone's preference in music could illuminate someone's level of openness, extroversion, political orientation, intelligence, values, and goals. It kind of makes me wonder if a music preference could show up in job interviews, like, so, Mrs. Smith, do tell me about yourself. Okay. And tell me about a time when you had a difficult client, and how did you handle this situation? Mm. Uh, very good. Okay. All right. And final question. And what about your musical preferences? Do tell. Do tell. I also appreciate how this study, it's not necessarily these people are this way, right? When I read this study, they were incredibly careful about putting these people see themselves as, and these folks tend to do this. So, of course, there's going to be anomalies in all of these different genres and of course this is not saying like these people if you like this type type of music are going to be this way it's just a uh, tend to or you see yourself as so anyway i thought this study was pretty interesting i will put a link to this study should you want to read it or at least some of the articles about it on our website which of course is www and if I could say it right, it would be www.thepreptalk.com. So, on to our next music party topic. Have you ever wondered how a hit song comes to be number one? It may happen organically and be so catchy that it wins the hearts of millions. And it, nobody needs to do anything. However... Most of the time, it just comes down to money. How much money, do you ask? Oh, let me tell you. Apparently, the total rings in at $1.1 million. So take, for example, Rihanna. She's rocketed to the top of the charts with several singles from her hit album, Good Girl Gone Bad. My favorite song from that album happens to be Umbrella. It's just catchy. Okay, so now it's 2010 and she needs to release a new album. Her label, which is Def Jam, holds a song camp of sorts. They hire the best songwriters and producers, the majority of whom just happen to be bald Norwegian men. The Norwegians are the subject of another interesting article, and of course, I will link that as well on our website. And they put them together in the best recording studios in L.A. for two weeks. So after those two weeks pass, Rihanna picks her favorite 11 songs that will comprise her new album to be titled Loud. So we're at a total tally of 19800 thus far, which includes the fees of the songwriters and producers 
and of course the fees for the recording studios themselves. So next, the vocal coach comes in and helps Rihanna sing the songs by saying things like, Honey, sing with your lips a little more pursed together so we can get that low, melancholy sound. And now after that, our hit song is up to $78,000. Alright, in order to consider a song a proper hit, it has to be heard everywhere at once. You gotta hit all the channels all at the same time. So that means it needs to be on top of the Billboard charts, be on MTV, BET, and it should be on iTunes and radios across America. Hell, it should even be on the State Farm and Affleck commercials at the same time. So here's when the big books come in. We need to earmark 100000 to secure all of the previously mentioned spots. A third of that million goes towards marketing. A third is to fly Rihanna around the country for cameo appearances, spring break specials, press spots, etc. And the final third is saved to wine and dine the radio people. As it's now illegal to bribe radio folks into playing your song more, which is better known, of course, as payola, the wine and dine money is more for quote, creating relationships, end quote, so that when the DJ is thinking of their next song to broadcast, they think of your artists. Now, after that 1.1 million, you've got a hit song, right? Well, in the case of the single S&M, yeah, you've got a hit song. And maybe in the I Love the Way You Lie song with Eminem, but definitely not with Man Down. So one and a half hits out of 11 for a total of $1.1 million. Meh, didn't seem like a very good investment. So over this past weekend, I got sucked into all these videos on YouTube that showed sign language interpretations of rap and heavy metal songs. Amazing. It all started with an article in Slate magazine about a girl named Holly Maniotti who has become the go-to sign language interpreter for the Wu-Tang Clan, the Beastie Boys, and Marilyn Manson. Holly works with a consulting company called Everyone's Invited. They specialize in making festivals accessible to those with disabilities. So they hire out ASL interpreters to festivals like Bonnaroo and the New Orleans Jazz Fest. So Holly first broke into interpreting for hip-hop concerts in 2009 when she worked the Beastie Boys show at Bonnaroo. Apparently, prior to the show, she put about 100 hours into memorizing their songs, mimicking their gestures while performing, and looking up, quote, dialectical signs, all to ensure authenticity and channel that musician with their body. Now, I personally know very little about sign language, so I was intrigued by the idea of dialectical signs. Apparently, there are tons of different dialects within sign language. There is, of course, your American Sign Language, which is different than British Sign Language. There's Black American Sign Language, which exists as does Martha's Vineyard Sign Language. There's dialects called and I'm probably going to mess this up, but I'm going to give it a go. Uh, it's called Katakolak Sign Language of Bali, the Ada Morobi in Ghana, and the Yucatec Mayan in Mexico. 
I had no clue there are so many. But back to these music videos. They're brilliant. I even found a YouTube playlist of the best American Sign Language music interpretations. The interpretations have even been incorporated into official music videos like Soon Will Be Found by Sia and My Valentine, which features and stars Natalie Portman and Johnny Depp. But by far and away, my favorite ASL song interpretation was done by a guy who calls himself Storm FX on YouTube, and he covers This Is The New Shit by Marilyn Manson. So again, we'll call him Storm. He spends about a minute before the song begins explaining some of the topics that Manson covers in his music, such as politics, religion, and sex. And that you don't necessarily have to agree with Manson to appreciate his music. And then Storm gets on into the video. He dresses up like Manson and uses his body to convey the beat of the music and, of course, the words. I don't know how anyone in the deaf community feels about these videos, but I personally find them highly entertaining. You can visit the website, www.thepreptalk.com, for all of the mentioned ASL music interpretations and, of course, more. And that does it for us at The Prep Talk. Good luck out there and slay those weekend parties. Cheers, guys. Yeah.